What's good, world? We tapped in. We back in action. This is episode 20. We got a great conversation and list of topics for you all outlined today. I'm your host, Kev. I'm here with my boy, AJ. How you feeling today, boy? Man, I'm feeling good. Thank God it's Monday, like E.T. say, man. I'm ready oh, yeah. to attack this week. Ready to talk talk about these uh, games, man. This was a great weekend of basketball, bro. This was a great weekend of basketball. And I'm excited about today's topics. Yeah, it, it was a great a great weekend for basketball. Uh, with that being said, you know, the Final Four is set. Uh, we have the list of teams. We got, you know, number three, Michigan, number 11, Loyola, Chicago. And then we got two number one seeds with Kansas and Villanova that will face each other in San Antonio, Texas um, for the Final Four. So what I wanted to talk on today was Michigan. I mean, they advanced to the Final Four um, since the last time, since 2013, when they had Trey Burke and them boys. Um, They beat number nine, Florida State, 58 to 54. Um, So I wanted to get your perspective on, do you think the Wolverines have what it takes to get past Loyola Chicago to make it to the national championship? Okay. I don't want to eat my words again. (laughs) I'm going to be careful about the way I say things. But, uh... (laughs) I think I think I think Michigan do got what it takes to beat Loyola. But at the same time, Loyola defense is so terrific right now. They're yes. playing terrific defensive yes. basketball and defense win championships, bro. That's defense true. win championships. And at the end of the day, it don't matter what your offense can do because, like I said, Kansas State offense cold. Their offense was good, but look at Loyola, man. Their defense was tremendous, bro. They it played was. terrific on the on that end. So. I want to say Michigan, yeah, because I'm a, I'm from Michigan. Even though I'm a Sparty fan, uh-huh. I'm still I'm still root for Go Blue because they're the only team in the tournament right now. That's you feel me that I can associate myself with at yeah. the end of the day. But Loyola defense is great. It's gonna be a great game. It is, and I just wanted to say, I mean, you hit it right on the nose with the defense. I mean, Loyola Chicago. I mean, they're they're most of the teams that they're facing, like you said, they're not even scoring sixty-five to seventy points. And I mean, they held the team that they played only to sixty-two points um, that they played over the weekend. And then also, um, they only held them to uh, Kansas. They only held Kansas State to thirty-four percent shooting. So that just goes to show that their defense is just staggering, and it's it's a real problem. And I think like with Michigan, they're going to have to they're going to have to match up to their potential. Like, they're going to have to play. Not only are they going to have to score the ball, but one thing that Loyola does a great job is they share the ball as well. I mean, they had 17 assists uh, against – and they're going to have to share the ball. And I think that if they can do that, they have the chance of winning. But their defense, they're going to have to score more than 58 points if they scored against Florida State because Loyola scored – they put up 78 points against Kansas State. So they got to mm-hmm. match their potential on the offensive end, and they also got to share the ball. So I'm looking forward and to it. You I ahead. think not to cut you off, but I, and I think uh, Michigan got to they got to shoot better from uh, free throw from the free throw line. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they shot 66 percent from the free throw line against Florida State. Yeah, no, I you I had they got to hit. Yeah, they got to hit free throws if they want to beat Loyola. They got to hit them free throws, too, because they can't afford to miss anything against Loyola because you them. don't know when you're going to score against them. Your defense is just that good. So you got to execute on all cylinders 
of the court on all and all aspects of the game. You feel me? I agree. Cause I think they would have the score would have been a little bit more higher than what it was against Florida State had they made their free throws. So they did mm-hmm. miss a lot of free throws. But I know they they're not gonna get them chances like that against Loyola. They're gonna take advantage of those missed points. So we'll see. I'm looking forward though looking forward to it. I know it's gonna be a great game come next weekend, this weekend. Um, so the next matchup that I wanted to talk on, so we had number one Villanova. They beat number three Texas Tech to advance to their second Final Four in the last three seasons. And now I'm pretty sure we all expected this. Um, so with them facing number one Kansas, um, what do you think is going to be the outcome? And how do you think their chances will be with them getting to the Final Four as well? Villanova, 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 man. <laughs> I, I picked them in one of my brackets to win. I did too. I did too. And uh they're a solid team. You you know what you're gonna get out of Villanova. That's true. And you seen two years ago when they hit the buzzer beater. I remember that. I remember Man. that. Man. Villanova brings it every single year, bro. Every single year. Kansas, they're iffy. That's They're true. iffy. That's so true. it's like I'm going I'm going Villanova all the way because I know what they're gonna give me. I would agree too. I mean, I believe like Bronson, that's probably one of their best players over there with the program. And just just the coach that they got. I mean, he's a legendary coach and he's been showing these last three seasons. He's been all of the players that he's been able to acquire and the people that have stayed. Um, they are showing that consistency, which you need within within any winning program. Now, number one, Kansas, you know, they're not going to be, you know, a, a cakewalk, but I believe, like, they're going to end up making it, you know, and I think that it is going to be uh, – it's going to be another great – I'm looking forward to this Final Four because you got so many – you got four teams that could all possibly make it. So, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I think it's going to be a great matchup. But I got Villanova winning in my bracket. Well, luckily, I made two brackets. So, I have Villanova and Kansas. So, I, I can't go wrong. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Villanova um, winning it, uh, getting to the national championship. So, um, with that being said, I also wanted to talk on this great game that we had uh, yesterday with number two Duke and number one Kansas. I mean, it was a great game. Um, it went to overtime. Um, it was 85-81. Kansas won. And I just wanted to see how you felt. Does, did, did, did that game show you anything from Kansas of what they could potentially do against Villanova? And what was your uh, outlook of the game? Like, how did you analyze the game? And, and what stood out to you from uh, the game they played yesterday? Uh, I think Kansas got a great point guard. Yeah, he, he nice. He called it Graham. Graham yeah, he, he knows how to facilitate the game. He, he knows how to control the tempo and control the game. That's and I true. think that's the that was the outcome. Like, Duke got a big – they got a great big man, but at the end of the day, their guard play doesn't match up. Their guard play doesn't match up with uh, Kansas's guard play. That's true. So, that's, I feel like that's why they lost at the end of the day. You feel me? Kansas yeah. shared the ball a little bit more. They have more assists. They also had more turnovers, but they had more assists. They were sharing the ball. You know what I'm saying? They out-rebounded them by, by what, 15-plus. They had 47 rebounds. Kansas had 47 total rebounds. Yeah. You feel me? 
They shot eighty from the free throw from the free throw line. You feel me? They yeah. hit thirteen three pointers. So it was just they was just more. They executed more at the end of the day, and they and I feel like the reason why that was is because of the point guard play. They yeah, got they guard. got a great they got a great front court. You feel me? Back court, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So. I would they, agree. No, I think it was the point guard play. They kind of kept Bagley intact a little bit. He didn't go off like he usually does go off. And one thing that stood out to me, and I noticed it towards the end of the game, Malik Newman, man, that's my player of the game. You could just tell that he wanted to win, and they wanted to. Um, he, he really put his imprint on the imprint in the game. I mean, he had 32 points. He also had seven rebounds. And when I looked at the game, as far as the, the recap of the game, I didn't know he scored all 13 of the Jayhawks points in overtime. So that was really <laughs> the tell of the tape. I mean, Newman just – he wanted it more. He was hungry. And I love when I see players on the court, you know, playing like that. You know, just – you know, they, they hustle. They, they got that legitimate hustle. They got that active hustle. They, they're, they're really um, – they really are really want to win the game. So – I think that it was it was good to see, but you know what I mean. That was a great, excellent game, and um, I'm looking forward to the to the next matchup as well in the final four. Yeah, that Villanova so, and Kansas is gonna be lit. Yeah, it's gonna be Kansas Villanova. We got two number one seeds. You can't. That's gonna be a great game. So the next topic that I wanted to talk on, you know, we have the women's basketball tournament going on as well. And what can I say about Gino Arioma? I mean, he consistently every year, he, he is nothing but excellence with the program. They always are having a winning season. And they have advanced to their uh, – they have advanced to the Elite Eight once again um, by beating number five, Duke. And they will face uh, – they will face number two, South Carolina, um, in, the, in the Elite Eight. So, what I kind of wanted to talk on is, you know, what does this tell you about Geno and his legacy? And what do you expect out of them as far as potentially making it to the Final Four? Once again, uh, his legacy is nothing but excellence. At the end of the day, he found his niche, and I see a lot of people blame him for. They say he messed up college, uh, women's basketball or something like that. Yeah, when it was like, how can he mess up women's college basketball? Because he accept, accepts nothing but excellence from his players. You look agree. back. You look back in the day when it was it was other teams in sports that that dominated for years. That's true. Years on years on years, nothing but winning and winning. UCLA dominated for a period of time. That's you know true. what I'm saying? Look at Alabama. They dominated for a period. It's not – he's not messing up the game of, of basketball or women's basketball. He just accepts nothing but excellence. You can't blame a man who doesn't accept mediocrity at the exactly. end of the day. You feel me? And that's so how I feel. Like, yeah, you I feel like his legacy is just it's just amazing. You got, you got to expect him to go all the way. You guys too. You can't. You can't. You can never bet against them. And I, I think one thing about Gino is, you know, just he expects a lot out of his players. And you know, with his legacy, you know, he has eleven national championships. You know, which I believe is the most in women's history. Pat Summit, I believe, she's the second highest. She only has like eight. And I looked at his record that he has since he's been coaching at UConn, and he has 991 wins and only 135 losses. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And um, <laughs> he also has the highest winning percentage of, among all women's college, college basketball coaches with 0.881%. 
So, I mean, Gino, I mean, he's nothing short of excellence. He he probably will go down as one of the best women head coaches in history. And I think that even though South Carolina did win the national championship last year, I think that, you know, UConn, they're going to get past them and they're going to get to um, they're going to get to the, the final four. So I'm looking forward to it. And uh, Gino, um, you know, what can we say about him? He's nothing but an excellent coach. Um, so I know you wanted to talk on some topics of what's been going on in the NFL. So what did you want to discuss today? Uh, yeah, I came across an article earlier. Oh, let me pull it up, man. I came across an article about uh, Lamar Jackson and how basically a lot of coaches are racially biased towards him. And I, I, I found something that a, a coach had said. So basically, you know, a lot of coaches have been trying to get Lamar Jackson to switch. To the receiver. To, uh, yeah, to receiver. Yeah. And basically, he's not a receiver. If you watch Lamar Jackson, I know everybody has watched him. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. Everybody has seen Lamar Jackson play. And it's like, you can see that he's a quarterback. He's just like, he has a, a quick flick in his wrist. You feel me? He doesn't lack accuracy. He's not the most accurate, but he's not inaccurate. Like a lot of, like Tebow. You feel me? Tebow <laughs> is very inaccurate, but he still got a chance at quarterback in the NFL. And I feel like, the coaches are doing that because at the end of the day, he's athletic. Okay, and the coach said right here, he said, his tape speaks volumes, but staffs can't see beyond their their biases. One NFC scout told Bleacher Report he's black and athletic. Biases tell you he has to prove that he is, that he is smart enough. And if he can't, he's more valuable somewhere else because he's athletic. Lamar has to be twice as good, both mentally and physically, and he still can get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I so that, that that's messed up. It's like okay, just because he's black and athletic, he had to be. He he got to prove that he's twice as smart as the the white quarterbacks. You feel me? Yeah, just because he's black, and I feel like that's just not that's not fair. That's not fair at all. That's not if fair he's at all. just just if he's just as equally talented. As a white quarterback, or even better, why does he have to be twice as smart or prove twice, t- twice as much that he that he can play in the NFL? Yeah, and that just because he's black and athletic. Yeah, that and that's that's the shame that they would even analyze it. You know, from that standpoint of just because you know he's black and athletic, as his other counterpart, you know, whether they're white or whatever race they may be, that he has to prove more. And, you know, it just goes to show, man, I mean, you can even compare that, you know, you know, just to just black, black, a black man in just America, you know, how as, as black individuals, I always feel that we always have to prove more than a Caucasian person. And this is no disrespect to no one that may listen to us as Caucasian. Um, but I believe there always is some racial bias. I feel like we always have to prove more, you know what I mean? Not in just sports, but just in life in general. And, you know, it, we all know that we, it needs to be, be more equality. And I wish they would just analyze him from his work on the field and that they can just compare him from a from a, a mental and a physical standpoint on the field and not try to, you know, judge him in any other different aspects compared to, you know, a counterpart mm-hmm. or another white quarterback. So, you know what I mean? I, I think that, you know, the NFL has to do a better job of, of nipping that in the bud whenever things like this comes out. The commissioner has to do a better job with that. But I would agree, man. I don't think it should be like that, and I, I hope it changes. That's for sure. Yeah, it will. It got to it gotta change because 
it just has to win the world. Okay, we got our first new uh black men's designer. I don't know if you heard about that, but Louis Vuitton named Virgil Abloh as his new menswear designer. Have you heard about that? No, yeah. Now I was gonna say I did briefly hear about it. I saw an article um online, but I haven't heard much much about it. But that's a good look. That's a really yeah, good look. I got this article. It say uh Virgil Abloh. The founder of Hawk Street Wear, label Off-White, and longtime creative director for Kanye West. That's you feel it. me? He, he said, we'll be next artistic director of menswear at Louis Vuitton, one of the oldest and most powerful European houses in the luxury business. Yeah, that's a good look. That's he, becomes, yeah, he becomes Louis Vuitton's first African-American artistic director and one of the few black designers at the top of a French heritage house. That's that's real. That's a good look. Yeah, I didn't know they had a um had a designer. Um, that's the so that's the first African American designer that they have had creative designer. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good look. I mean, there's not many of us. Well, I mean, he's the first one. So, you know, I'm good. It's good to see that you know we got, you know, a person that's creating an outlet for the future. You know, creative designers for the African American that want to get into. You know, um, these designing these designer clothing brands. You know, hopefully it can transition over to Gucci, to Prada, and um, to all of the other designers that um, uh, designer brands that we have out here. So that's good. That's good to see, man. It's time to break the cycle. So um, that's good to see. Yeah, gotta break the cycle. Yeah, definitely do. But yeah, so was that pretty much the, all of the topics that you had? Yeah, we can wrap it up for the day. I'm Gucci. Yeah, so Let I got that music ride for a little bit. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. We we trying to get the we try to make our podcast a little bit more different for you all. You know, I know we haven't had any music, you know, playing in a in the minute. So, you know, we kinda, you know, just got these Jay Z reasonable doubt instrumentals going, try to keep the vibes going. But um yeah, so we did want to tell you all, you know, we, we appreciate y'all listening to us. We uh really do uh, continue to follow us on Anchor. Um Apple Apple Podcast has been going strong. Continue to keep subscribing, the athletes club. Uh also, you know, you can follow me on my social media, uh clutch underscore kev. And yeah, man, we're gonna have this YouTube channel going real soon for you all, and we're gonna we're gonna be keep working, keep continue to keep listening to us. Yes, sir. Follow me too on Instagram at AJ the Barber Nine, and stay tuned, man. We got some stuff that's about to drop in 2018. That's gonna be exclusive, man. And we we doing uh, athlete interviews. If y'all interested in just hearing where other athletes come from and their stories, yeah, just stay tuned, man. We about to drop some 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 heat and a new brand. Yeah, new brand, and we got some merch. We got some merch coming with our with our new brand. So stay tuned. We're gonna have some some good. We're gonna have a great name for y'all. So continue to keep looking to us, looking looking at us, listening, and uh, we got some fire coming for y'all. So, Bet. all right, we out.